Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a series of podcasts helping you produce performance on purpose. For more information, go to our site qedod.com forward slash podcasts. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I'm extremely excited to be talking to Mary Wingo from Ecuador. Is that right, Mary? Yes, from Cuenca, Ecuador, high in the the Andes. That's absolutely fantastic. So um, Mm -hmm. it's it's great to have the chance to talk to you at last. And I know you've got some really interesting techniques, interesting ideas about stress to talk to us about today. So um, how would you describe what you are and what you do? Well, Russell, I, I mean, I'm really not that interesting uh, of a person. Um, I uh, I emigrated from the U.S. I'm, I'm actually from Texas. I emigrated from the U.S. Uh, two and a half years ago here in Ecuador. And one of the reasons that I emigrated, and, and this uh, this topic of immigration, this uh, subject of immigration, is actually a, um, a really pertinent one. Well, what we were talking, what we are going to be talking about uh, in this episode, um, I realized that my culture, um, from my perspective, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm not like a typical American, um, but I realized uh, from from my perspective, and, and because I am a person that is very uh, astute and sensitive, that my culture um, was not healthy for me personally. Um, that uh, it was a very um, stress-inducing culture. And, and sure enough, uh, just in the last 10 years that uh, I've been looking at this one particular aspect, um, there have been, you know, there has been an explosion of stress-related diseases and uh, bankruptcies and tremendous amount of hardships on communities and family, uh, both in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I became keen on the fact that um, it, it's not all just, you know, we sit and, you know, we do, like, say, mindfulness meditation. I mean, that's a big part of managing stress. But ultimately, sometimes you have to look at the environment. It's not just the person um, for which we speak. It's uh, also the environment as well. And that is how um, my particular story directly uh, relates to what we're talking about today, which is the human stress response. So why don't, why don't you just give me the quick pot of history of who you are, what you've done, where you come from, and then we'll tackle that subject. That's, that'd be great. Oh, I'm, like I said, I'm just a redneck uh, from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, for, for the UK audience, what is a redneck? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, I don't <laughs> want to corrupt your, your poor innocent uh, listeners. Um, re- redneck, um, I'm sure, okay, like sort of like the folks um, that you would consider like, say, uh, the Cockneys or the East Londoners, right. sort of like that class. Of folks, kind of, sort of, um, a, a little bit, uh, a little bit rough, a little bit, uh, a little bit hard. R- really great culture. Um, in fact, you know, um, you know, uh, the folks that are considered uh, voters for um, um, Donald Trump yes. um, are considered rednecks. Um, right. So it's not always a compliment, but it is my culture. And there are actually a lot of uh, interesting um, aspects about being a redneck, right. but. But 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 I guess to sort of tie this up a little, uh, you know, a little better is you know I realized that that 
a lot of us scientists do not know how to talk to average people, and um, we're very we're very arrogant um, uh, class. Um, we're very very academics in general um, are very very arrogant, and um, I realize that that. Um, you know, this topic of stress, um, you know, is, is very, very important for Joe Average. Um, so Joe Average Redneck. And, you know, I, I spent many, many years, this is like 20 years in the making, and, and I actually dropped out of science 10 years ago. I actually didn't want to write the book. I always kept up with the, you know, the hardcore physiology and scientific part of the human stress response and, and how humans adapt. But I dropped out like 10 years ago, so I just really didn't want to be in it. There wasn't really, in my opinion, much of a future. But um, I, I realized that, you know, re again, really being a student of this uh, topic uh, for many, many, many years, that nobody else was going to write a book or provide a body of, um, of writing, of information that average people can understand. Right. Okay, that's something that is very up to date, that reflects the science of how we understand human adaptation and stress-related diseases and how it is truly um, eating, um, the, you know, those who live in modernized society, our cultures, um, how it, it's eating our lunch, it's bankrupting us, it's eating our lunch, it's destroying families, destroying communities, and nobody, no other scientist, no other thought leader um, had really put this all together before, and I kept thinking, well, when is somebody going to do this? When is somebody, when is somebody, well, obviously nobody else is going to do it. I had to do it. So this is, this is how this came about. Part of your sort of pur purpose or mission or something, is yeah. Well, I guess it sort of kind of came out like that. Like I said, I wasn't intending on it, because I, I knew that when I wrote this book that it was going to take, it was going to like eat a, uh, several pounds of flesh because uh, it's an extremely complicated topic. It's probably more complicated and complex than quantum mechanics when you're really, really looking at it. When you're looking at it from the molecular, uh, from the gross physiological, psychological, sociological, political, and economic um, perspectives, um, this is the most complicated uh, um, topic of field in science. And, and I guess that's probably why um, there was such, even though there's many, many investigators at all levels looking, how, looking at how humans adapt to their environment, there's really nobody putting it all together in a way that average people can truly understand it. It's an interesting point because Certainly 20 years ago, we used to talk about stress with a degree of cynicism and a degree of, oh, here we go again. It seemed to be the, tr the new fad, the new trendy thing we talked about. It, it seemed to gather together many ideas about human performance and, and such like. And there was, and it didn't seem to be a lot of science wrapped around it. And so are you saying the science has caught up or our way of understanding the science has caught up? Well, you know, here, here's the problem that I remember having as just this young undergraduate, um, you know, looking at this is, is that, okay, what, what basically stress is, is adaptation, yeah. okay? It is a series of mechanisms, and we're not just talking about the release of adrenaline and cortisol or the sympathetic nervous system. We're talking about a concerted effort of, um, of these mechanisms that actually uh, allow an organism, not just human, but organism, to 
actually physically change shape right. in order to fit itself to whatever the environment is demanding. I'll give you an example. This is a real easy example. And this is something I can relate to very, very, very clearly. Is uh, I live in the Andes, and the Andes, um, well, parts of the Andes are like um, the largest mountains in the in the world. I mean, large. I mean, actually, like higher. It's been determined than Mount Everest. That's right. Yes. And so um, we're we're looking at very very high altitudes um, um, because you know not only do we have the Andes, but we have the bulge of the equator. Yes. So we're talking very high. So uh, because uh, you know I I'm not uh, genetically a here. I'm not indigenous. Uh, I'm just a I'm just an extra nera, as they uh, as they say, a foreigner. Um, I uh, a lot of us have problems with adapting to the altitude and the very very thin concentrations of oxygen. So what happens is is that now it takes a number of months to go through and reconfigure how your lungs and capillaries that that uh, obtain the oxygen molecules from your deep parts of your lungs how that works so that it becomes more efficient and how your um, you, you know one's uh, uh, makeup has to become more efficient and reconfigure itself over time in order to adapt right. so that, that that's just a simple I mean that's a real concrete simple um, uh, that's a physical stressor okay and but understand that all stressors okay uh, present us with the opportunity to become more plastic so that we can rearrange our physiology, we become kind of jelly-like, and then we can readapt to the new environment that so you, happens, we so, happen to be, find ourselves in. So you're telling me that stress is actually good for you because it's about adaption. Is that the, tri uh, is that the trigger for adaption, would you say? Uh, well, it, it is an adaptation. Right. It, it is, it is. I mean, that is how we adapt. That is... Um, you know, as you know, organisms are not static, you know, um, and, you know, uh, well, being from Ecuador, the Galapagos uh, yes. Islands are part of Ecuador, and, of course, we all know how, um, how, uh, uh, um, oh, my gosh, what is his name? Darwin. Darwin! Ah, gosh, yes. <laughs> Boy, I just feel that. Just we'll totally, totally. We'll, we'll forget Einstein later on. Then we'll have yes, a full set. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, this is how Darwin came to understand the plasticity of organisms when he, when you know, he, you know, was was you know basically chilling out in the Galapagos, and he realized that. Um, between different, uh, you know, different islands, which could uh, vary in environment, uh, you know, considerably, uh, you have uh, organisms that adapt themselves over time to fit the environment. Yes. And um, uh, yeah, this is this is uh, you know, like the first. This perspective is the first of its kind that really sort of ties in um, how we understand adaptation. How we understand modern medicine yeah. um, and how we adapt, how how we humans actually adapt. So so it is. It's if we didn't have our adaptive mechanisms, uh, then we probably wouldn't have survived the stress of simply being born. So um, so, so 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 to understand that a little, the more sensitive you are, the more stress you will be able to experience, and therefore the, you have the ability to change more. 
I, I would say um, that is, uh, you know, that's a very, very interesting point. I would, I would uh, concur. Yes, I, I would say uh, definitely. I mean, I know that that like for me that was my case. I'm I'm not a typical American. I'm a very very sensitive uh, person. I'm very sensitive to my environment. Very sensitive to food. Very just it's sensitive to the culture around me. And uh, I, I it was totally the case uh, in my um, from my perspective. Definitely. There's been some very interesting work on highly sensitive people that we've referenced on other podcasts here, and the ability of those people to thrive when they're able to manage the change they're in, when they're able to actually take the stressor and use it in a positive way. But of course, if you're more sensitive, there's the risk that you can take that external stressor and underperform or not be able to change so well. Or just, uh, or just develop a um, stress-related disease. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, and I suppose that's another way of coping with stress, isn't it? To be ill with it. Well, well, let me let me sort of uh, explain to you a little bit. I mean, we can go into this, of course, for hours and hours. But there is a um, sort of a trajectory of how the uh, how human, well, actually, organismal, but we'll just call it human adaptation um, operates. Yeah. Um, first off, okay, you you have a, a a first a first stage called the alarm stage, where uh, you know your your both your the the cellular like configuration and your nervous system um, realize that there's been a sudden change in the environment and you have to become alert and that's where the adrenaline comes in because you know you become more vigilant more alert uh, very very uh, focused but then um, as you're getting moving from the alarm to the resistance part that's when the uh, cortisol and then again you've got a lot of other mechanisms um, with this this isn't just like say you know one hormone or two hormones you've yeah. got a lot of mechanisms that operate with this but as um, your cortisol um, you know that's a more longer term that's a steroid and it steroids are typically uh, like for the long term they're longer term type of hormones they're not rapid like say uh, like the like adrenaline is yeah. adrenaline you know operates within a few minutes you know seconds to minutes yes well as this happens um you become more, the, the cortisol works on a molecular level to change whatever tissue happens to be in stress. So like I use the example of being in high altitude. So it changes the configuration and nexus from, you know, the AVDI, which is uh, very, where the, uh, you know, the, uh, the oxygen, oxygen goes you know, deeply within your lungs, and it, there's a nexus where it connects up with a capillary, capillary bed, so, you know, the oxygen can be absorbed. Right. Well, what happens is, is that the tissue uh, becomes, uh, hopefully temporarily, more plastic, okay, so that it can reconfigure itself and, you know, form a new configuration to adapt to the new environment. Now, if there is no resolution of the stress, if, if for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, the altitude is still way too high, or maybe you just don't have the health. A, a lot of retirees, for instance, retire down here, and it's absolutely beautiful, but a lot of them, you know, because they've got, you know, blood pressure, lung problems already, yeah. um, they're already sick a lot of times coming from the U.S., they don't adapt well, and a lot of times they just come here to die. Yeah. Um, so... Um, 
um, you know, it, it, you, you enter this stage, if you cannot resolve the stress, either the, the environment doesn't resolve it or your body cannot adapt fully, you enter the exhaustion stage. Right. And this, this is when, this is when um, you actually, in the early stages of the uh, exhaustion stage, you just have tissue malfunction. It's just not going to function right. Like, say for instance, um, coming back to the altitude um, comparison, you might like say uh, get altitude, you know, find yourself with altitude sickness or maybe uh, possibly uh, asthma, you know, for instance, okay? Well, if you do not resolve this as your tissue is, uh, is malfunctioning, okay, it will start to die. Right. And this is where you get tissue death. And during this part, okay, this is how every single disease that is known uh, th this is where pathology, this is the birth of pathology, is in this stage. And so it's not just, okay, like, uh, you know, high blood pressure, we associate that, you know, as being a stress-related disease. This is where all diseases, depending on the vulnerabilities of the particular organism, you know, the, the genetic vulnerabilities, the uh, conditioned vulner vulnerabilities, this is where every single disease um, originates. Is, wow. uh, that's, is, a, that's, is a, when, that's a big yes. claim. That's a big claim, Mary. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's basic. Well, you know, the, again, pathology is uh, basically a mystery, especially a, you know, like say if you're a medical school, nursing school, you know, if you're a, a professional, an actual uh, uh, health professional, um, and uh, you know how uh, physiology and pathology and uh, is. Uh, presented right now is extremely disorganized and uh, this is the reason why um, a lot of our health professionals don't have a clue um, uh, of how the stress response ultimately culminates into the many um, uh, diseases that we know uh, of modern civilization today. Right. And so, so if we take your example of the Andes and just make it a little smaller for a minute. So if I'm at work and um, I don't like my boss. Um, will the same process run? So I may, maybe I feel threatened or challenged or, or whatever. Will you know? So I so that external triggers of of really disliking someone, maybe feeling victimized or bullied by them. Will the same process run? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. See that is an interesting thing about the stress response. You know, whether, like say, um, you're trying to adapt to, like say, a polluted environment, or you're trying to adapt um, to, you know, like say, extreme heat or extreme cold, or whether you're adapting to a psychosocial stress, it all, see, that, that, that was the big curiosity that the father of medicine, Hans Selye, he's like, you have all these people that are in the end stages of their diseases or problems that they have, and they all look alike, whether it's cancer, tuberculosis, you know, whatever, end stage, you know, renal, you know, failure, um, uh, or just extreme, you know, mental distress, trauma, like, say, from the Holocaust, for instance. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked at all the, and it's like, why do all these people look alike? I mean, this is completely different pathologies, but they have the same wasting sick syndrome that it and it's basically the uh, derangement and the overuse or the abuse of the adaptive responses and this is where it all ties in together 
And so, yes, absolutely. And also, this is another thing to keep in um, to keep in mind is, is stress is only meant to be sporadic. Okay, so right. this is where we get in trouble in modernized society, like with the hateful boss, which I, I know I can't handle. I, I can't handle a Machiavellian uh, work environment myself right. um, either. Um, that uh, you're only supposed to be exposed to stress periodically okay so you're only supposed to be chased by the bear you know periodically it's not day after day after day right. so um, the, the way um, modernized life westernized society and in many instances is configured is that we are it, it may not be ginormous stressors it may not be like like I say like you're, you're fearing for your life you know the bear is chasing you but if it's a relational stress, like an abusive relationship, a bad boss, a traffic, irritating traffic, overscheduling, um, that kind of thing um, is actually extremely deleterious and toxic to our systems. Um, and we don't understand this because this way of life is fairly new. Um, you know, so we only have it like last you know, maybe, what, 50, 75 years to really draw upon experience with this phenomenon. So that's interesting. So what you're saying here is it's not the single single unit of stress that counts. It's actually the, cumu the accumulation of different types of stresses. So you can have lots of, uh, lots of small amounts of stress which can create the problem, rather than yeah. having one yes. big problem. Yes, yes, absolutely. The, okay, and, and, you know, and, and again, it's very easy to demonize our stress response. Oh, well, it's just so bad, you know. But, you know, ultimately, you know, we are meant to have some form of stress and adaptation. And, you know, so when you confront a stressor, you resolve it, and then you ret return to baseline, you know, of, uh, you know, the rest and digest, the parasympathetic response. Uh, when you can return to that response, then it actually, it's like uh, being an athlete. You, you developed higher conditioned abilities, okay? You developed more resilience, more resilience. Um, but then when, uh, just again, think about, you know, if athletic conditioning, if you just keep pushing it and pushing it, if you keep pushing your Russian racehorse, uh, or if you keep pushing your high-performance uh, Maserati or Lamborghini, these will break down. You have to, um, you, you know, it, it, I kind of wanted sort of like a handbook, <laughs> you know, how, how humans sort of, uh, sort of can care for our basic adaptive mechanisms. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something um, that needs to be uh, clear in the you know the public health realm. Do you see do you see a link between um, your ability to manage your emotional state and and being able to deal with stressors? Do you think do you think uh, that emotional intelligence is is useful? Oh oh Russell, okay now now this is where. Remember when I um, had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that during the exhaustion stage, all diseases, all pathology that we know um, comes from uh, uh, remaining in the uh, in this uh, stage of stress too long. Right. Well, it's it's the same. It's the same with mental processes. Understand that your frontal lobes um, and these these um, are your parts of your brain behind your forehead and your eyeballs. That is your primary um, stress response organ. Um, I'm not sure if you knew that, but it actually is. 
the frontal lobes um, have evolved in order to contend with stress and solve problems, okay? And the reason uh, why they have evolved is that, okay, there's only so much change that a human being can do. So here I am up in the uh, uh, Andes. If, if I if I go to like say 14, 15,000 feet, uh, which I have and I've deeply regretted, um, you know, there's only so far that you can stretch the body and there's only so far that you can um, stretch uh, like the extension of your frontal lobe. Um, the frontal lobe uh, is good for when you can't change yourself, okay, so I can't adapt to the oxygen, you know, levels, yeah, right. you know, at 14, 15,000 feet. Right. So what does the frontal lobe, lobe do? The frontal lobe uh, creates an oxygen tank. <laughs> So it creates something artificial in the environment, okay? And same same thing, if you're extremely cold, say you're freezing, you're in Siberia, well, what does the frontal, frontal lobe help us as human beings do? Well, we can uh, create clothing, we can create fires, we can create um, housing that is warm. We don't have to change ourselves. We can, through our frontal lobe, we can alter our environment to fit us rather than us having to fit the environment. So that's fascinating. So what you're sort of saying there is you have to accept the environment, but you have to use tools to help you cope with it. Well, right, right, exactly. And if, if you don't mind me, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but, but but what happens when you're in that resistance stage that we talked about yeah. and you're entering the exhaustion stage, a, um, a second set of special receptors for cortisol get uh, activated in the frontal lobe. Basically... Um, since the frontal lobe is not uh, important for breathing or reproduction or anything like that, um, it starts shutting it down. It's, you know, um, during the later stages of the stress response, um, there are certain functions of your body um, that aren't considered the most important, and um, the uh, frontal lobe function starts to shut down. So when that happens, see, this is a really important reason why we need to control our stress as yeah. humans, because a lot of, almost nobody really understands. I mean, there's almost, almost nobody fully understands this concept. When you overstress the frontal lobes, okay, you lose, um, through the action of cortisol, um, your ability to solve problems, concentrate. You know, you're basically given ADD, okay? Yeah. And then, on top of that, you lose your ability to control your emotions, emotional regulation, okay? Yeah. So, um, so basically... Well, when we look at all diseases result from when we enter that exhaustion stage, it is the same thing with mental illness. And this is why we've had a huge explosion of mental illness. Um, our ancestors, yeah, yeah, the mental illness existed, but at the rate of which we see in modernized society. And let me tell you something. I didn't realize how bad it was until I moved to Ecuador. And... I realized how few people are actually medicated um, for, well, for anything. I mean, they just, people just aren't as sick here. Yeah. And they certainly aren't, the, the children are, I mean, when, when I, you know, say like, hey, you know, like 20%, 30% of our children, you know, are medicated for, you know, various psychiatric problems. They can't believe it. They never medicate their children. The children here do not have problems uh, with the attention, emotional regulation than children in our society do. And I'm like... Oh my God! This is like the final piece of the puzzle, um, and so yeah, it, it, this is something culturally. This is not with all cultures. This is with the so-called more 
develop cultures. So that's interesting because a lot of the ways we as humans deal with difference is to try it, we experiment with, we push ourselves. But what you're saying is, if I understood you right, there's actually a finite limit to your ability to handle change, to deal with stress. And so it's about recognizing it and backing away rather than keeping pushing yourself. Is, is that I, right? Absolutely. And again, um, to isolate ourselves from stress is uh, you know, asking for trouble as well. Yeah. But the thing is, is to really appreciate the mechanism. Treat ourselves like we're, uh, like, you know, if, like for instance, uh, you know, writing this book, um, um, required a tremendous amount of concentration um, and with that okay I eliminated stressors and other parts of my life so that I could um, you know think of it as a, as a you know training for the Olympics yes. or you know training for a marathon um, you know the athletes hardcore um, extreme athletes and again I'm an extreme athlete as well um, uh, being up here in uh, Ecuador, you have to, you have to really, if, if you're gonna conquer something that you know is gonna take a lot out of you, you have to minimize the other stressors that you have in your life. So yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna get that PhD, okay, for instance, um, you know, and, and I got mine fairly young, and, and I learned the hard way. Um, you you really 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 you know have to control okay the other stressors especially the psychological stressors that you are um, exposed to so you have to watch your nutrition yeah. your social interactions anything that requires a lot of performance okay and, and this is what we humans um, now a lot of us athletes understand this but a lot of people just doing brain intensive activities. Uh, don't realize that we really abuse ourselves and we're really paying for it now and it's bankrupting our societies as well it's bankrupting the US healthcare system and it's certainly bankrupting the NSH that you guys have over there yeah, and it, yes NHS um, interesting um, although I've got about a thousand questions I'm just they're just rattling through my head so, <laughs> so just to so actually um, decision fatigue is a lot of what you're talking about here as well, isn't it? The ability to strip ex, um, irrelevant decisions out of our lives can help us with stress reduction, I'm guessing. That's what you're well, saying, isn't it? Well, again, this is uh, probably another, you know, five hours of, uh, you know, interesting conversation. But there's actually five um, major reasons um, why we've had an explosion of stress-related um, uh, illness and uh, mortality uh, in the last you know 50 75 years the um, the over the overexertion of working memory executive function the frontal lips yeah. is is one of them is one of them right. um, the overscheduling multitasking um, and, and believe me, I, you know, I was an overachiever too, but I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, Russell, and I learned how to, you know, cut out that crap. Uh, because, um, you know, honestly, if I hadn't controlled my own stress and really, really been immaculate, I wouldn't have been able to put out this book. Um, um, this level of concentration would not have been possible. So um, this is something, and, and I'm saying this from my own personal experience, this is something that a lot of people in our society, especially those in more thinking op occupations, really, really need to look out after. Because if you don't, then basically it's going to cost you more in the long run. I mean, you're going to you know, lose concentration, your ability to solve problems, concentrate, 
um, uh, regulate your emotions, it's just going to cause many, many problems down the line. And that's one thing that in our overachieving uh, societies that uh, no one seems to tell us. Right. So, so, so you mentioned five areas of stress. Now you've got more like, all intrigued now because that's one. <laughs> Oh, okay, this gets deep. This, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, again, I'm guessing there's something to do with nutrition. Well, okay, that's part of it. That's part of it. Right. But, uh, oh, yeah, this, this, this will blow your mind. These will blow. And this is, again, um, this is the new era of how we understand uh, human physiology and human health and uh, medicine in general now. Okay. Okay, number one is uh, overtaxation on our uh, working memory, too much complexity. Number two is, uh, and this is uh, environmental, this is living in unequal societies. Right. So there's a very, very strong correlation between um, uh, the, uh, the development uh, of uh, stress-related diseases and early death, especially with men in societies that are very unequal. Um, this is what is driving a lot of the um, civil unrest in, in our societies right now. Right. Um, whenever you have human beings um, that, you know, whenever you have the, the, the fat cats at the top uh, just hogging up too much resource, and, and there's enough resource for everybody. Um, it's, um, I mean, I realize that living here in Ecuador, um, it, it's, the way we have things uh, configured on a uh, economic and socio-political, uh, it, it just makes it seem like there's not enough, but there is enough. It's for unevenly every spread, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. There's absolutely enough uh, for everyone to live a comfortable life uh, and not have to uh, be subjected to the rat race uh, that is killing us. So that's number two. Now you see, got me all well, excited well, now. Well, <laughs> well, well, see, well, see, see what what happens. Oh, let, let me explain just a little bit more here. Um, what happens is um, is that uh, folks that are at the bottom end of the hierarchy, um, they have to adopt that more plastic stance because they are uh, subject to the whims of the environment they're not they can't buy their way out like right. say Donald Trump can yeah. um, uh, so so that is a very especially for men very potent stressor number three is loss of social capital um, we in in our societies and this is where I really saw this here in South America um, uh, loss of social networks um, social interaction participation in religious political um, or social groups um, has declined precipitously especially for the US um, since the 1850s so it used to be a lot more involved society and um, because of the structure of our uh, modernized life uh, we become far more isolated and we do not participate in society and with that um, the individual who does not have the protection of a group becomes just like being at the bottom of a, of a hierarchy more vulnerable and you have to adopt a more plastic stance okay yeah, and sense. so yes so yeah oh yeah yeah this is uh, some very far-reaching stuff and then then um, number four where we're getting into uh, a more uh, of a uh, uh, health and physiological aspect here is the depletion or derangement of the human biome Okay, so that's the, the critters uh, that live in our guts, uh, on our skin, and in our orifices. And the reason why um, the derangement, and, and this uh, comes from um, uh, poor eating habits, exposure uh, to the various chemicals, whether it's 
for cleaning, uh, hygiene, um, you know, various occupational exposures, you know, um, these kind of things, um, processed food, that kind of thing, um, is totally messed up um, our, uh, uh, our uh, flora, our profile of our flora that um, we, has evolved over millions of years. And the reason why that is such a stressor, um, and this is something that maybe your listeners may not directly know, is because these, uh, these critters serve as functional extensions of our organ systems. So, for instance, in our gut, um, these critters, uh, you know, uh, synthesize vitamins. Yeah. Um, they're involved in, uh, you know, immune signaling, cellular growth signal signaling, um, uh, you know, various uh, other types of endocrine signaling. Um, so um, these critters are actually functionally part of us. They help us operate. And um, since uh, many of us in the modernized world have deranged or depleted biomes, um, we have a tremendous physical stressor of actually missing a part of our uh, functional uh, capabilities. Uh, Yeah, so that's something a lot of people don't think of. Mm -hmm. And then finally um, is the chemical stress. And and, again, this comes down to uh, poor nutrition, um, GMO, you know, all this stuff that we talked about just a second ago. But it also comes down to, um, you know, we have voluntary exposure, you know, stuff that, you know, know, exposure to chemicals Mm -hmm. that didn't exist you know, 20, 50, 75 years ago, yeah, drugs, yeah. yes, yes, we do not have the metabolic machinery. I mean, understand it takes it takes many hundreds of thousands of years to, to evolve metabolic processes. And we haven't evolved these processes. We've evolved, created with our frontal lobes a lot of novel chemicals, but we have not, uh, we need several hundred thousand years, if, if it's possible at all, that have the ability to break down the uh, compounds that we find ourselves exposed to in our environments. And this is also pollution as well. It's not just voluntary, but it's the pollution in our air, soil, and water, which is thought to be responsible for 40% of, uh, of human fatalities. Yes. So, um, so yeah, th- that's a brief rundown. And, and this is probably very different than the concept that a lot of health uh, providers care providers and just educated people in general what they thought stress and adaptation was yeah and and now i'm going to ask you a really unfair question go ahead now you've talked about all these different things and i want to trivialize this to make it useful in a way so what are the key tools to manage your stress Okay, well, n- number one, number one Simplify, is, not yes, yeah, yes, is, um, is to realize that stress is additive, okay? Right. So, for instance, if you have, uh, like, say, suffered a, like, say, job loss or a loss of a spouse or, you know, something like yeah. that, you know, um, this isn't the time to, like, you know, take on um, projects that require a huge amount of concentration. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're under, like say, like you've got an extremely stressful job, for instance, you have to treat yourself, you have to treat yourself like an athlete, okay? If you're you're in a particular part of your life where it requires a lot of endurance, 
a lot of um, performance, then you have to be immaculate with how you care for yourself. The the nutritional care, um, you know, proper uh, exercise, um, you know, uh, because relational stress is the most potent of all stressors. It's very important um, to eliminate um, uh, relational stress um, because that is probably the most toxic of all. Um, so. Um, um, you know, it's and and how how do we do this? Well, ultimately, uh, and I've got this in my book. I've got this, and, and people, you know, your your listeners can go can download this section of the book as well. I've got a part of my book, in the front part of my book, where it's a framework for all you have to do is just itemize every single stress that you are subjected to or you subject yourself to. Okay, and with these five categories that we just went over and I described you know, in, in greater detail in my book, um, people have the vocabulary. I mean, they may not have thought that multitasking, for instance, is a very potent stressor. I mean, you know, they may not have just, it's just part of our life. We don't even think of it. Well, yes, it is. Okay. And so what you need to do is you need to itemize every single stressor like you would a food diary or a budget diary. And then one by one, either you can do it by yourself, with your family, with your community, uh, with the therapist, eliminate one by one. And the reason why people want to do this is that um, this is truly um, a, um, is a humanitarian crisis that we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at uh, uh, breadwinners of families, uh, you know, not being able to work, becoming disabled, uh, dying early. Um, we're talking um, destruction of communities um, because of, like, say, loss of social capital and uh, loss of uh, equality in society. So um, this is uh, concretely affecting us and bankrupting our um, societies and causing further um, uh, socio-political uh, upheaval. Yeah. So, um, so, so to just to finish the thought, then. So your idea of the stress order is to is to make sure that you're giving release. So in other words, if you're very if you're very busy in terms of the multitasking thing, you look at one of the other four areas to give yourself relief in those areas. So for example, you'd improve your exercise, you'd improve the amount of community work you might do, the quality of your relationships. So the sort of you 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 improve another area to help an area that might be under stress where you might be feeling the pressure for example. Yes, yeah, so where you have a disorder or extreme demands for performance in one part of your life, you have to make it up with extreme order and tranquility and organization in other parts of your life. You see what I'm saying? It's it's a very it's you treat it no different than a you know a, a system that operates under the laws of thermodynamics. Absolutely. So I so I got I got you know no Mary 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 Mary. <laughs> I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question is, will you come back and do a second podcast so we can really drill into this in a bit more depth? Hey, if we need to do 100 podcasts um, uh, to benefit your reader, your um, uh, audience, then I am all for it. That's a generous offer. The second question is, because I know we, we haven't got into the subject, we haven't really sort of be, really got underneath it, but how can other people come and talk to you? How can they access you? How can they get hold of your book? Okay, I am available 
for uh, coaching, tutoring, or consulting, um, uh, class creation, uh, whatever anybody might need at marywingo.com. You can also pick up a copy of my book from marywingo.com or from amazon.com. And, uh, and also, there's a lot of free resources on my website. Um, um, your uh, audience can download free excerpt from my book along with a training video that outlines this framework that we just talked about, um, um, how, how to effectively truly manage your stress. And I wanted this to be uh, in, a, in a type of manner that that it's that it's not expensive. It's basically any community, any person in the world can employ um, these methods and get this information. And it is interesting how much your methods overlap our own, and actually how one of our toolkits actually goes through each of those different areas. So absolutely, you, you, I think we've got some um, uh, transcontinental alignment going on. I think which is which is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm going to bring today's session to a close, if I may, Mary, and I'm going to say we'd love to, to talk to you again We're, and perhaps really unpack some of, the, some of the tools, some of the things around mindfulness, all these other things that people hear all the time, and we can understand the scientific and the, the, um, the implications on stress and health and well-being and such like in, in the future. Shall we do that? It would be my pleasure, Russ. You've been a starter. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and I feel the job has only just begun. So thanks ever so much, Mary. We will be speaking to you again very soon. My pleasure, Russell. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Resilience Unraveled helps you create performance on purpose. And you can find out more about us and resilience at qedod.com forward slash resilience. Or listen to more of our podcasts. You can also find out more about our courses, our webinars, and free resources like ebooks and paid for courses at qedod.com. Otherwise, we hope you can enjoy more of our podcasts in the future.